Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today our topic is Afghanistan and prophecy. Afghanistan is certainly in the news these days, but is it in prophecy? The answer is yes, it is. Now, to understand where we're going with this, we got to back up. we got to go to the Bible in a couple of places. First, let's start at Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to read all of the verses you see here, which, by the way, I'm making this into a video production. So if you're listening to it, you should also be watching it. That is, if you want to see the text as we're going along. So essentially, Daniel chapter 7 says that there's four great beasts. The first one <clears throat> is the lion, out of the lion cable, the eagle's wings, which basically is saying America. The second one is the bear. Of course, that's the Russian bear. And the third one, which is our topic today, is the leopard. After this, I've held and lo, another like a leopard, which had on the back of it four wings of a fowl. And I believe that that's talking about four land masses. And the beast also had four heads, meaning each one of these four land masses will also have a flesh and blood person running it. And dominion was given to it. Now, it'd be complicated to go back and explain to you. But if you go all the way back to Esau in the days back there, and it talks about the prophecies with the dominion, essentially it says that this, four, this third beast, the leopard, meaning Islam, won't come to power until the last days, until dominion is given to it. Well, the dominion apparently has not been given to it yet because it hasn't even been formed. In other words, right now, there is not a four-nation group or confederacy or a caliphate that is under the sign of Islam that has four nations or four land masses with four heads. We don't have that. Now, that's also one of the things that tells me that we're probably not as close to the end as we think because you can't have the fourth beast until you have the third beast. Now, that may be days away or almost all, both of them starting at the same time, but nevertheless, we don't have the third beast yet. The third beast is an Islamic leopard, and you might be saying, well, where do you get that the leopard's Islam? It's very simple. All you have to do is just Google the word leopard, pull up maps of where leopards live, then pull up maps of where Muslims live, overlay the ma maps, and you'll see that they're almost exact. And then if you do some research, and I have, about the leopard and the living, the fighting, the breeding habits of the leopard versus the Muslims, they're almost exactly the same. Leopards don't like to fight face-to-face, -face, and neither do Muslims. Muslims have a phrase that says, uh, run to fight another day. They tend to, to fight at night. They tend to live in caves, all of the which describes Muslims. Now, I'm not trying to be offensive to Muslims. I'm just trying to say that the leopard is, in prophecy, talking about Islam or the Muslims. Now, the fourth beast is the world government. And I beheld a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong, exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth and devoured breaking pieces. And it goes on down and says it has ten horns, meaning that they take the seven continents and divide them into ten global regions. We don't have that yet. I think that we're in the process of seeing that set up over the next, possibly even this year or next year, we're going to see that global kingdom come into place. All right, now let's go to the next part. We have to understand some of the things I'm going to read today in these chapters don't necessarily be talking about Afghanistan or America, but some of them do, because Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, The thing that hath been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there's no new thing under the sun, meaning prophecy or history repeats. And we have to be able to discern the difference between repeating prophecies that were speaking about that old nation 
versus the prophecies repeating again today, speaking about a modern nation, specifically Afghanistan, or in this case also America. Also understand, when it talks about Merodok or Baladan, it's actually referring to Moloch and Baladan. I'll let you read all of the details I dug up on it. But anyway, let's get going. When the angel spoke to Dimitri, he said, Tell them to read Jeremiah chapter 51. We'll read in a moment. Verses 8 to 15, he names it the Mystery of Babylon, talking about America, the great adulterist. Also, Revelation 18, the whole chapter. There it says clearly what will happen to America. Now, let's go and read those verses, he said. This specifically is talking about America. Wait a minute, I thought we were talking about Afghanistan and prophecy. We are. I'll show you. Jeremiah 51, verse 6. Flee out of the midst of Babylon, that means America, and deliver every man his soul, meaning that there's going to come a time when the Holy Spirit will tell us to leave America. Right now, the Holy Spirit is telling us to come out of America in that we should not look like the world, walk like the world, talk like the world. We should be coming out and being separate and not part of her sins. Be not cut off in her iniquity. Iniquity is repeating or habitual sin. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. Now, almost every time you see that word vengeance, almost every time a Bible prophecy, it is almost always talking about the last seven years, the seven-year tribulation. He will render unto her a recompense. In other words, give her what she deserves. Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, probably it was in the early 80s. I sent a letter to, uh, oh, what's the fellow? that had a big prophecy ministry down in St. Petersburg, Florida, but anyway, I sent him a letter, and I said, you should invite Dimitri Dudeman to be a speaker because he was Mr. Prophecy at the time. And he had a big uh, TV program at the time and big uh, meeting he had once a year. And if you were into prophecy and you wanted to be heard, you had to get to his meeting. Well, I sent him a letter, and sure enough, he invited Dimitri to speak. At that time, we were about to go to war with Saddam Hussein. <clears throat> He's sitting in the audience. Dimitri says, Lord, I don't know what to say. Because every person is getting up and saying, oh, Babylon, this is talking about how Saddam Hussein is going to be defeated in a war soundly. And every one of the prophecy teachers were getting up saying these scriptures are actually talking about Babylon as in Saddam Hussein in Iraq. He said, so what do I say? He said, the angel spoke to his heart and said that when you get up there, I'll give you the words to say. So he walked up there not knowing what to say. And the angel spoke in his ear and told him what to say. He said, when Saddam Hussein prays, to what God does he pray to? And of course, they all agreed, we praise to Allah. He said, okay, so these verses that you're saying are actually talking about Iraq and Saddam Hussein are not talking about Iraq, but they are in fact talking about America. And of course, there was a hush come over the group. Now, let me explain. He said, Babylon been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. He said, Iraq has never been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. Iraq has never even been with the Lord Jesus. This is talking about America. That made the whole earth drunken. Now, when it says drunken, it means that America is the nation that took the music to the world, the movies to the world, the filthy uh, literature to the world. America took the Bible to the world and got blessed because of it. And then America, through Hollywood, has now taken the filth. So when it's talking about wine, it's talking about sin. I do not believe that the fruit that Adam and Eve ate of was actually an apple, but I believe it was a grape, because everything in the Bible about grapes and wine and vineyard and wine press and all of that is all referring to sin. So this verse is actually saying that America 
caused the world to sin. Babylon, or America, hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. In other words, she was with the Lord and made all the earth drink of her sin, that the nations have been made drunken with her wine. Therefore, the nations are angry. In other words, yes, the nations are angry at America for corrupting their nation. Babylon has suddenly fallen. America falls suddenly and destroyed. Howl for her, take balm for pain, if so she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, <clears throat> but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go into everyone in his own country. Meaning, there's going to be a time when the Holy Spirit tells Christians to literally pack up and leave America. It's not yet. Right now, it's just come out of her sin. And I want to believe that this actually takes place towards the end of the tribulation. I said, I want to believe that. And I've got a chart here. I'll show you in just a second why I have some reasons to believe that. But I don't know that for sure, and I'm going to make that absolutely positively clear. <coughs> also, I apologize. I've got some kind of a thing in my throat, so whatever. I got a, The message must go on. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let everyone go into his own country. For her judgment reaches unto heaven. Her judgment reaches unto heaven. I'm going to show you that. Now, this is Jeremiah chapter 51, but I'm also going to show you that in Revelation 18. So we go to Revelation 18.3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Same words. It's talking about the same thing. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. In other words, we have caused all of the nations to go into sin just as we did. All of the world has followed us into sin. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich. That's true. The people that sell to America have become rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, here it is again, this is a repeat, Come out of her, my people, that you be not protectors of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. Yes, there's a time we'll be told to leave, but it's not yet. For her sins have reached unto heaven. Now, back up. <clears throat> if you look right here, very next to the bottom line, for her judgment reaches unto heaven. Now, that's Jeremiah 51, verse 9. Then you go to Revelation 18, 5, and it's almost exactly the same word. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Why does it say God hath remembered her iniquities? For him to remember the iniquities, he had to first forget them. Why would God forgive, forget iniquities? That's a habitual sin. Well, the answer is because this is a nation that once was washed in the blood of Jesus, and those sins were covered so that God wasn't remembering those sins. But as America has turned away from Jesus, especially our sons and daughters, our grandchildren, many of the people that are sinning so much today, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, were great children, or great, uh, great servants of the Lord, great, great Christians. But as they've turned away, they sinned, God has started to remember their iniquities. And by the way, that fits in another nation in the world. <laughs> we're the only nation that fits. Reward her, even as she rewarded you, and double under double according to her works. In the cup that she has filled, fill to her double. So just as America has been blessed, when her judgment comes, it's going to be twice as bad. She's been twice blessed, so she gets twice cursed. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. Now, what is this? For she saith in her heart, I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and shall see, and shall see no sorrow. I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and shall see no sorrow. To me, that sounds like a pre-trib rapture. What nation hangs its hat on the pre-trib rapture more than any other nation of the world? 
When you go to a prophecy conference, you can be rest assured of one thing, that if they believe in pre-trib, they will always have another speaker trying to convince you that it's pre-trib. Now, if you go to one of our prophecy conferences, we don't even mention the trib because we know it's post and it's already been settled in our heart. And we don't have any more people talking on the pre-trib or mid-trib. We don't have anybody discussing the rapture because it's already settled in our heart. So when it says, I said a queen and I'm no widow and she'll see no sorrow, it's talking about a pre-trib rapture. Therefore, shall our plagues come in one day. In other words, because America wouldn't listen, because we believe in a pre-trib rapture, we don't listen. Consequently, we won't let God correct us. Therefore, her plagues have to come in one day. Death, mourning, and famine, the very things we don't want to see, come upon us in one day. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Utterly burned, that probably is nuclear. Now let's go back to Jeremiah 51. For the Lord had brought forth our righteousness. Come, and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord. Now when it says Zion, what's Zion? Well, I can answer that question. But the only reason I can answer that question is because I got some revelation from the Lord back when I wrote the book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. If you go to Revelation 14.1, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. Well, who's the lamb? Well, that's Jesus. Okay, so what's he doing standing on Mount Zion? Mount Zion is about a 30-minute walk from Mount of Olives. Why is he talking about Zion here? Because Jesus returns two more times, not just one more time. See if I have a chart. Okay, now I'm going to use my mouse here to show you. Over here is first fruits. The next time Jesus returns, he returns on first fruits. That's what Revelation 14.1 is talking about. When he t- returns, he walks around for about 50 days with 144,000 that he has just resurrected. Then on Pentecost, all of those people washed in the blood of the Lamb, along with the Jews, the 144,000 Jews, then ascend to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, we are not the point. We are the bride, but all we get is a wedding garment and the privilege to watch Jesus change from lamb to lion, from prince to king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus is crowned with many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own blood, and then everybody gets to return on a white horse about four months later at the seventh trumpet or the grape harvest or Armageddon. And that's when he uses the morning star. All right, now let me back up. So when it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. That's obviously talking about Israel in general, but specifically the mountain of Zion, which is a small mountain, I might add. And with him, 144,000, having his father's name written in the foreheads. Now, I don't have time to explain all that. Get the book, and it'll explain it to you. All right, now let's back up. Here we are. Jeremiah 51, verse 10 again. So the Lord had brought forth our righteousness. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord. That's a date stamp. That's telling us when the fall of America is going to be. What? Wait a minute. Look at it. It's saying that the fall of America happens when Israel has turned back to the Lord, when they can then declare in Zion the work of the Lord. To me, that may be hinting that Jesus has already returned for the next time. Or you might say, since he's come the one time, it would be the second time. And then the third time would be the, to the Mount of Olives. So let me say it this way to clarify. So the next time or the second time would be when he returns to the Mount Zion, resurrects 144,000. 
the third and the final time he comes is when he returns to the Mount of Olives. They split in two and Cleveland, and all of that sort of stuff. Now, it says, Declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. So this is at a time when Israel has now accepted Jesus. Not that they all accept him, and we'll get to that too. Make bright the arrows, gather the shields. The Lord had raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. Who are the Medes? Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, in that general area. Raised up the spirit of the Medes, meaning that some of the nations that will be attacking America will be, I'm not saying all of these will be involved, but possibly, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. If you think about the Middle East, who would be the nations that hate America the most? Well, probably Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, which is the spirit of the kings of the Medes. For her device is against Babylon to destroy it, because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. Now, it says vengeance again in the same sentence, twice. Again, anytime you see the word vengeance, that's a date stamp, that's a time stamp. And almost always, you almost count on it, it's always talking about the tribulation. So this is talking about a time towards the end of the tribulation when Israel and Judah have come together as one stick. I'll show you that too. Let's go on. Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Now when it says set up the standard, Bible only says that about three times. Every time it says that, it's a judgment. When it says set up the standard, it's meaning saying, this is my word. How are you doing following my word? And, of course, America right now is not doing so good. So when it says set up the standard, it's saying, how are you doing in general about my word specifically? How are you doing in following the Ten Commandments in specific? Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchman. Pair the ambushes. See, there's an ambush. God has prepared an ambush for America. I want to believe that it's not real soon, as in not in the next year or two. That's what I want to believe. But I don't know for sure. I want to make that clear. I don't know. I want to believe that we have more time. I want to believe that the solemn September assembly coming up September 6th through 8th of 2021, I want to believe that that's going to get us a delay. That's what I want to believe. I can't promise that, though. For the Lord hath both devised and done that which spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. O thou that dwellest upon many waters. Now, some people want to say, oh, no, this is talking about Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. Was it 3,000 years ago? That's not talking about America. Wait a minute. Did Babylon ever dwell upon many waters? No, it was a desert area. And I'm going to show you also many other places where this is not talking about the old Babylon. This is talking about America. Who is the nation that dwells upon many waters? Who is the nation that pretty much rules and controls the earth today? That would be America. See, we know from uh, Revelation 17.10 that the word waters is talking about people. So it says, thou that dwellest upon many waters, the way we would say that, thou that rules the earth. Uh, that's America. Abundant in treasures, that's America. Thine end has come, and the measure of thy covetousness, covetousness. What's covetousness? Well, that means that you just can't make enough money. And that's one thing about Americans. doesn't make any difference how much money they're making. They want to make more. As I've mentioned many times, I'm called to raise up an army of end-time prophecy teachers working miracles. To that degree, I put together a package. If you are a watchman, if you are a teacher of Bible prophecy, or if you want to be the one, then I recommend you get this package. 
So what we've done is put together a package of my two charts, the seals chart and the feasts chart. These are two foot by three foot. They're on plastic vinyl, uh, 15 ounce, very nice, very, very colorful. They look really nice. You can use those, put those up in your office or in your bedroom or wherever you get your husband and wife to let you put them up. And if you're teaching prophecy, they're fabulous to put up on the wall when you're teaching prophecy. In addition, I'm also including my book. Here it is. This is the book right here. Okay, I really did. I wrote it out. The whole book of Revelation. This is my book where I wrote out the book of Revelation, and I ran it through the copy machine, and it's like 100-some-odd pages, 101 pages, something like that. We're including that. Now, why? Well, it's not that you need to have me writing out Revelation, but as you go through here, you can see I have notes. Well, you can look at the page there. There's notes. All of my notes. And, and I never expected to hand this out to anybody. So those are my own personal, private notes of what I think that that's saying. And I think if you want to be able to explain Bible prophecy to people, if you want, especially if you want to be a teacher, this is going to be extremely important. So then we put together the uh, School of the Watchman, which is 15 hours, where I taught through Revelation 5 through 22, which are the most important chapters. If I'd have had five or another three to five hours, I'd have got through the other parts of it anyway. But it's 5 through 22. And uh, it's all on this DVDs where you can watch it. So you've got the charts. You've got my personal book with all my notes. You've also got the, the School of the Watchmen DVDs. All of that valued at $355, all for a gift of $200. Those charts, uh, those are probably 100 bucks a chart if you go out to try to just duplicate them. We had to get a whole bunch of copies in order to get them down to a reasonable rate to put this package together. But the ch just the charts, just the charts worth of 200 bucks just the information information worth thousand dollars i, I would have paid thousand dollars easily i mean just to hear just the one phrase that the audible voice that said the seven seals play over seven years the seven trumpets play over seven months the seven vials play over seven days just that i would have given my teeth to had that 20 years ago so it's extremely important that you get this you get it by going to prophecyclub.com. You can see it there. School of the Watchmen for Watchmen or Teachers. The School of the Watchmen Teachers Package. Prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Also, when you go there, I encourage you to get signed up for... So, here, I, here we get, get to the right slide here. To, get to, to go to the Watchmen's Trumpet, get signed up to go to the Solemn September Assembly. September 6th to 8th. Only oh, another week or so away. Go there, get signed up because we are going to fast and pray for 48 hours and do our very best to turn this nation around. And if you like this, click like, share, and subscribe. The algorithm sends it out to more people if you do that. October the 7th, 2020, Prophet Andre Bronkor spoke at the Spirit Apostle Church Prophecy Club, and one of the things he prophesied that, quote, God will give you the church. It looks like a church. Feed my lambs. Only twice in my life as God spoke to me all night long, and this was one of them. It wasn't an angel visit, audible voice, even a dream, but he spoke to my heart. I mean, we talked all night long. He said, your ministry is not ready to receive the number of souls I'm about to send to you. Let me say it again. Your ministry is not ready. It doesn't have the foundation to receive the number of souls I'm about to send to you. Then he brought to my mind a conversation I'd had a few weeks earlier with a banker 
And the banker said, so how many members or giving units does your church have? And I thought, uh, members? <laughs> he explained that when a church goes to ask for a loan, they present papers from their members as giving units in which they have stated, yes, we're with the church, we're with the vision, and we have pledged to give so much in a year. He explained that the bank uses these papers to verify the strength or the financial strength of the church in order to repay the loan and thus qualify the loan, which, of course, makes sense. I know this, though. Well, that night God went on to say, you're really a part-time pastor to a bunch of part-time members. Actually, that kind of cut at my heart, but it was true. You see, he says, without a foundation, I cannot build the ministry to receive the souls I'm going to send you. You must be a full-time shepherd to full-time sheep. The strength of the ministry is not the building, but the people and their commitment to that vision of that ministry. This is the vision that I'm now going to ask you to be a part of. The vision is not a church or radio vision. It is not die vision or two visions. It's one vision. The church is a place for the sheep to meet, to be fed, and taught to follow the Master Jesus. It is a give and take. The sheep are fed the word, walk of Jesus, and the entire King James Bible. The sheep bring in other sheep in need and those able to build a flock in the ranch. The shepherd helps the sheep to find, know, follow the chief shepherd. The sheep bring in their labor to build the kingdom. Sometimes that's teaching children's church. Other times that may be repairing lights. And yes, it's always seeing that the vision is met, thoroughly blessed, as the sheep also want to be thoroughly blessed. Sometimes the sheep come to receive, sometimes they come to give. It's a cooperative group to help the sheep to come out from among the wolves to be safe and blessed. You see, the lone wolf, the one that doesn't have a flock, well, to them, they need to not fall in among the wolves or among the thorns to get out of the wind and the rain to be safe with the flock. They can easily stray and lose their way in the darkness or the forest of the world. It is easy for them to fall away, to fall back into the world, and to fall away from the straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life. Whereas, what I will call them is the flocked lamb. <laughs> In other words, they are part of a flock. Well, the flocked lamb has someone to call when the wolves are attacking or have ravaged their finances. They have friends to, yes, help with babysitting and also to find babysitting. You might say, there is a lamb that sticketh closer than a wolf, or as Proverbs 18.24 says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Souls. You see, the lone wolf occasionally sends some feed to the flock and may share in the souls given to that flock, whereas the flocked lamb has built his eternal blessing on a strong foundation and is sure to see many eternal blessings. And then there's the vision. Well, the vision is we need a building as a central location for the church of the flock to meet to further their food and their walk with Jesus. It'll not only provide weekly and bi-weekly sermons and Bible studies and trainings for crusade helpers, but it'll allow us to also have things like sevenfold miracle crusades, deliverance meetings, school of the prophets, Bible prophecy meetings. You see, we carry the mandate to warn people of the last days, and I believe that last day's message is going to sweep more people into the kingdom 
than probably has come into the kingdom in probably the last 400 years. It's going to be a great tsunami of souls coming into the kingdom, and I want to be a part of it, and I believe you do too, and that's the reason I'm asking you to join our vision. Join and win souls to Christ, including meeting Jess and sports stadiums around the world. We need a building. A building will serve as a central office and a warehouse to the world. So, this Friday evening at 6 p.m., we're having a meeting, sharing our vision to get a new building for church and prophecy club meeting. We will be live streaming it so that all of our family can share in our vision to win thousands and thousands of souls. So that is this Friday, 6 p.m., Just go to youtube.com forward slash prophecy club and you can watch our meeting and share in our vision. So what do you do if you want to be a member? You've followed Prophecy Club for a long time. You don't need to hear anything about this. You want to be a member. You want to be a part of our vision. All you got to do is go to prophecyclub.com and then there is a little box there. Click on becoming a member and it'll lead you through all that you need to know to sign up to become a member of the Spirit of Prophecy Church Prophecy Club vision. Prophecyclub.com and become a member. I'm calling all believers to bring your shofar and fast 48 hours and pray together September 6 to 8. We're declaring war against the devil and proclaiming victory throughout the land. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com and get signed up. Watchmanstrumpet.com for all the details. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins that can help you roll over your IRA, 401k. So tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. 